0: Hello, and welcome back to Legend of the Glorio Heroes, episode 26. We're here, and we're ready to talk about the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA. Frankly, there's a lot of shit to get into with these trio of episodes, so we should probably just, you know, get the ball rolling. As always, I'm your host, G, and as always with me, my reliable co-host, Iro.
1: It's me, uh... Yep, I'm still here, despite many setbacks over the past week or so of yes, trying to get well, this recorded.
0: <laughs> yes, well, that is why we do these podcasts bi-weekly, as much as I would uh, love to record one of these every week. Maybe, you know, maybe we, if
1: one of us were the Magician young, we'd be able to yeah, come up uh, with uh, come up with a tactical uh, <laughs> sure stratagem yes, to perhaps, record perhaps. every I, week.
0: I, I, I was going to more comment on if we were getting paid to do this. Oh, yeah, sure. That would be, you know, the point is we have lives.
1: For collecting our pension from the FPA.
0: Yes, yes. But alas, uh, the FPA no longer exists. So, uh, you know, no pension to collect from there. Whoa, spoilers. But uh, let's, uh, yes, yes. My apologies. Just commenting on the uh, events of these uh, interesting trio of episodes.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, we're just
0: going to roll right into it because uh, frankly this true of episodes maybe not as action packed as last week's uh but in many ways just as impactful and just as important. So uh, Indeed.
1: So episode uh, 73, The Edict of the Winter Rose Garden.
0: Yes, we uh, kick off with uh we find that the remnants of the FPA, kind of with the defeat and uh, tragic death of Bukok, have begun to uh, kind of beat feet to uh, to Yang's base. You know, everybody's basically uh, you know coalescing head, yeah, heading
1: and, to Isrealone.
0: Yes, yes all all roads all roads of democracy lead to Yang Wenli. Yeah, <laughs>
1: so
0: that's where everybody is going. You know, the, the kind of the last hope of of a liberal, you know, democratic republic. Um,
1: Indeed, and we we'll get some plenty of FPA dudes sniping at each other as they want to do. Yes, good yes, old we we, everyone we find giving out. each other yes. shit.
0: Yes, as, especially giving shit is uh, is Poplin here who uh, is uh, saying that you know the toll the the bells toll because uh, the 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 no fun trio <laughs> of Marai. Uh, what was it? Uh, shit! What was it? Uh, Mariah. Fisher couple.
1: and patrichev
0: Patrick. There we go. patrichev and Fisher are arriving from Heinison, uh, which uh, leads us to this great tangent that, again, is only the kind of thing that this show could get away with. That's like, right. meanwhile, <laughs> these three embarked on a ridiculous journey as they yeah. put down a mutiny that broke out on their ship. And it's like, we just get this
1: montage of, like, Fisher got sick from overwork and had to be, like, hospitalized. And because of that, mutineers started, like, rising up. Patrachev and Mr. Sewell, whatever, barely solved the crisis. And then yes. several other things happened, but right. then they made it.
0: Yes, like, but it's well, just like... I want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> but it says something about, like, the context, the focus of this show that's, like... Yeah, we don't have time to get into that. So.
1: <laughs> I do love how Poplin, uh, when Poplin shows up to talk about this, he's fucking whistling funeral dirges. Yes. like,
0: yes. <laughs> Well, that's what Poplin, I mean, that no. The, the, the No Fun Squad is on their yeah. way. Because once uh, these guys get here, they're going to crack down on these hooligans. Yep. And with, with them
1: also arrives the news that Admiral Bucock has died in battle.
0: Yes, yes, we have uh, Frederica delivering the news to Yang, and uh, doesn't take it super well. Yang doesn't take it well. We we see a we see a brief glimpse of angry Yang <laughs> uh, crushing the cup of hot tea. Yep,
1: burning himself.
0: Yes, just uh, in a very young like manner. Yang proceeds to blame himself about all the things he clearly he clearly could have done uh, better to I'm save a fool. Yukon. Oh, these people right. call me smart, but I'm just a fool. Right, like, like just Young and his. I should have just abducted Bucock and brought him with me. Yes, yes, just you know. Again, it, it's it's a very you know. We've 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 spent so much time with this character. Like we understand its core. Like, of course, Young would do this. Like, yeah, of course, Young would beat himself up about this idea of like I didn't do good enough. I didn't save enough people. Like, it's it's always never enough for him. Like, yeah. in many ways, that trait is perhaps like the thing that makes him most similar to Reinhardt, like these are both individuals who hold themselves to like impossible, ridiculously high standards. The only difference is that like Reinhardt is willing to like, is like willing to bend his morality to like, to, 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 to see, to see the world witness his extremely high standards. Whereas like Yang kind of purposely imposes like restrictions on himself. Yeah. You know, like, but you know it's just it's, its it's a hard moment to watch you know we just mm-hmm. it's
1: you know Frederick has to tell him that concerning the kind of man Bucock was, he never would have abandoned Heineson.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, of course Frederica here with the rational save of like like even if you asked Bucock to come with you, he never would have left like you know he that was a man who was committed and ready to die in you know the name of democracy. mm-hmm. And uh,
1: yep, and so, yeah,
0: so. Liang orders the Yang fleet,
1: the Alpha Seal Revolutionary Force, or whatever, to whatever morning. to morning for three days. Yes, yes. And we so. uh, get some shots of everybody drinking their Alpha Seal whiskey.
0: Yes, yes. Kind of just breaking out the Drakes. Um, and uh,
1: Kesselnew sits in his little Dijon apartment.
0: Yes, he's talk, uh, talks he's, about how
1: uh, we're supposed to be a happy bunch, and being sad doesn't suit us.
0: Yes, he's complaining that even like the goofballs like Attenborough and Poplin, who are supposed to keep everybody's spirits up, are mm. uh, not taking Bucock's death well, and that it's just uh, hampering morale as a whole. And uh, we get a great back and forth with Casalnu and his wife. I'm glad, like uh, <laughs> highly underrated relationship these two have. It's true they don't get enough screen time. I mean, the tragedy is I. I address her as Casalou's wife because I don't even remember her name.
1: It was Phyllis his child or his wife?
0: I could not. One not of tell them you is guy, but uh, I think that's the child. Oh right. Well, point is, uh, they have a great relationship, kind of just needling each other. You know, like <laughs> man, like, I could have been the wife of the
1: chief of chief of rear headquarters. Whose fault right. is
0: that? Yes,
1: <laughs> you would just have to go leave.
0: Yes, like, basically being like, yeah, you can complain as much as you want that, like, these goofballs are not, like, being the goofballs you want to be, but don't act like you are not, like, you know, don't act like you also did not, like, just, like, on a whim, like, decide (laughs) to follow Yang to the ends of the earth, earth, so, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't act like you're that much better than them. And go,
1: go, go invite Mr. and Mrs. Yang over to eat this pie.
0: Yes, yes. But, uh, which, and we get there, we get a scene see the, the rare duo of Poplin and Schneider. Yeah, this is an interesting <laughs> duo. Like, I, a part of me almost hoped this would be the new Poplin and Konev. Um, they are like kind of just drinking tea and, you know, just talking right. shop. I do know? like
1: how, like, this whole scene Schneider is drinking coffee out of like out of a pot and, uh, Poplin's drinking his whiskey.
0: Yes, yes. Until at uh, uh, the
1: end where Poplin pours whiskey <laughs> to Schneider's, Schneider's cup, yes. And he's like, yes, all yes, right.
0: It's a very good moment. But yes, they they talk about, like, <clears throat> you know, Schneider basically says that, like, Young and Bucock were extremely fortunate to have people who, like, love and respect them. That, like... Right. Because, and, 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 in a ways, I, I wonder if Schneider's kind of speaking about Murkatz in a roundabout way. A little like, bit, like, yeah. Like, like, Murkatz is respected. He is admired. He is appreciated. But nobody is He's going to beloved. shed tears for merckatz other than maybe Schneider himself like, he <laughs> he doesn't command any loyalty because 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 he and Schneider basically like defected from the Empire by themselves like they didn't bring any like other right. like Empire they had a few with them.
1: few people on the, like the crew of the ship who will remain yeah, nameless sure because they're she, not important yeah
0: like at most like maybe a couple hundred people like and and, and there's this idea that like yeah bucock died but died like a hero he died loved like cherished by like there are people who there are there there exist people who will mourn him and will mourn him as like i mean even even the empire respected his death right and like yeah. saluted him like they 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 acknowledged and and honored his his sacrifice like when murkatz dies like the empire will not shed a tear like right like when murkatz dies will just be the final nail in the coffin of the golden bomb dynasty like mm-hmm. when murkatz dies, that's just, that's just housekeeping. Yeah. You know, we're and still waiting
1: for, still waiting for bungling poet to, to come back.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. We're still, we are still waiting for the bungling poet to make his, uh, his Grand dynamic return. return. Yes. Uh, at the last second. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it they have an interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, I kinda, I kinda hope we get to see more of this in the future.
1: Says, ah, Schneider, you're a fool. He could have gotten so far under Reinhard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But
1: uh, yeah, and uh, Young is like, well, according to my calculations, LaBella is probably going to be assassinated. Yes, because like, he set a precedent by throwing me under the bus. Yes, that you should I'm- throw your superiors under the bus.
0: <laughs> yes, for better, for, for as much as we complain about Young worrying about precedents, turns out there is <laughs> this is the one time where Young worrying about precedents turns out to turn out Turns out exactly as he feared. Because Labello set the precedent of 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 going after Yang. Like uh, Labello himself is cornered by um Rockstar. staff basically. And the, the yeah. other, like, basically what's left of the senior FPA staff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like and this is these are nobody special. These are like these were like opportunistic dirt bags, right these were low to mid-tier like pencil pushing opportunistic dirt bags who like have survived this long by basically always betting on the winning horse yeah
1: Um, and this is the most put together labello has been in ages
0: yeah we find out that turns out with that when labello's got a fucking gun in his face (laughs) that like like the last time we saw labello his face was like gaunt like he had not eaten in like days his hair was frazzled like right. the labello we see here is like the libello of Lebello like classic season one. Like yes, labello classic. <laughs> like, you know, this is like the labello that's like, go ahead and shoot, you're only gonna kill a man. You know, mm-hmm. like this labello is fucking stone cold.
1: He is like Right, everyone's like, You'd you'd throw us to the walls too if if vampires for our heads. He says they would never ask your heads because you're not young, Winley.
0: Yes, yes. LaBello gets a hell of a roast on these guys. Ah, but we learned it from you, Dad. Yeah, right, We should throw you to the wolves. Right. Of course, that's, yes, their response to uh, LaBello. But uh, but yes, basically. But yes, LaBello kind of gets the last word in where he's like, feel free to have your coup. But like you realize that like this coup is worth nothing to the Empire, right? Like, you guys are throwing me under the bus in, like, this vain hope that, like, Reinhard will look at you guys, you traitors, who, like, killed your head of state. And he'd be like, hmm, that's the people I want in my future empire. Yeah. And, like, because... Go ahead the and try is, to
1: buy your security with my yeah, blood.
0: Yeah, basically, like, well, like, whether he actually knows, like, Reinhard well enough or not, on some level knows that, like, actually, it's too late. It's too late for anybody to betray anybody to try and, like... Curry favor curry favor like if you wanted to curry favor with Reinhard, you should have done that like a year ago like at this point anybody who's trying to curry favor with him is like these are the these are the dying grasps of like the desperate and the cornered and uh with all that said they uh blast the, the shit out of the yep. yes and, and uh, uh surrender to the empire fleet yeah uh, and, and unconditional surrender uh, Indeed. Which is, uh I think a very interest, a very important wording, you know, um, mm. I'm not going to go fully into it here, but, you know, just to kind of bring up the most, uh, probably the most recent, uh, and most relevant to a Japanese piece of fiction, um, uh, event in, in history is of course, Japan's own, uh, surrender to the U S forces during world war II. Um, often the argument for why, uh, or not the argument, but the, the, the explanation for Japan's, uh, Uh, A reluctance to surrender, even in the face of their overwhelming annihilation, was that uh, America demanded an unconditional surrender, whereas Japan wanted a conditional surrender. Uh, Basically, for those unaware, the difference is that an unconditional surrender means you give up entirely. Like The winner winner can impose whatever the hell they want on you. Whatever the winner wants from you, they get. A conditional surrender is usually done... Usually in a situation where the side that is obviously going to win still has, like... It would still take a lot, right? Right. It's still an uphill battle, so they're still willing to hear you out because, like, maybe... Cause it, th- what the FPA earned the first time they were conquered was basically a conditional surrender. Right. Like, they got their own... They got the the Treaty of, um... Treaty of Barlet. Yes, they got the Treaty of Barlett, They got certain guarantees, like... You know the uh, they they insured they 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 signed in the in the in the agreement that like Reinhardt would not prosecute like the FPA leadership. That was a conditional surrender. The, these are often done because a, a nation believes that even if they're defeated, they still have enough clout left to argue for certain things that they they believe are so intrinsic to the nation that they must be defended at all costs. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for example, Japan's own reasoning for their conditional surrender is their uh, fear that an, an unconditional surrender would mean that America would uh, execute the emperor. Mm. Uh, this fear is was largely unfounded. The American leadership never really had a plan for that. Like at most, they wanted to, to uh, depose the emperor, but they uh, didn't have any plans to execute him. But you know, look, when you're in wartime and Communications are a little spotty. I, th- I suppose uh, it, it is easy to come to that conclusion. Uh, anyways, point is uh, at this point the FPA has run out of uh, uh, has run out of chips on the table. They have nothing left to bargain with. Yeah. So the Empire arrives. They immediately put the boot down and start like they start calling the shots immediately.
1: Yeah. Reinhardt arrives. Uh, you know, like walks next to Labello's body. yes uh, no like sets sets forth uh to install his own staff etc etc
0: yes yes reinhardt starts doing what reinhardt does best which is putting talented people in the right places of power to ensure the uh the legitimacy and efficiency of his nation as he is wont to do and then um, Binfield shows up. Then Binfield. Oh,
1: Binfield! I yeah. love this.
0: He's like, hey, hey,
1: hey! He just like walks up to the limo.
0: Right, right. So knocks so to do, on the what window. <laughs> do, yes. To set the scene, uh, 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 Reinhardt is in a limo in a motorcade, kind of traveling down the streets of Heintzsen, as like you know, tons of like you know uh, FPA and and probably Empire onlookers are on the sides. And uh, from the opposite direction an armored car approaches the limo and stops and fucking Benfield just steps out of the <laughs> back and strolls right up to the limo and kneels where Reinhardt like lowers just, the like, window slowly <laughs> lowers the window Yes yes like the only way this scene would have been better is if they still used those old school hand crank right, yes. things and hand it was Reinhard himself turning the crank but, uh, uh, yeah, so Pinfield is basically like, hey, uh, so I found some people trying to assassinate you down the road. I got them. Right.
1: Like, you know, we we're going to arrest them. They shot themselves.
0: Yes. But and, uh, we should Pitfield-
1: investigate all of their families and backgrounds and take, them- take care of them.
0: Right, right. Pinfield, like, but don't worry. I'm going to arrest their families. And Reinhardt's like, oh, Pinfield. Don't do that. <sighs> yes, like, thank you for your your gung-ho approach, I appreciate your gusto, but do not persecute the families of the assassins, please.
1: I don't want to be Rudolph von Goldenbaum.
0: and Biffiel's like, well, I guess if you say so. Okay. But, um, yes, so we, uh, so after that, we find that the, uh, so, uh, the, the, the full and complete takeover of the uh, FPA begins here. But uh, in the process, we find out that uh, there remain yet a few tiny embers of democracy. Um, I only wrote down the name of the first guy. Uh, Vizius Adler is here. (laughs) I have a few names here. Okay. The basically.
1: Council officer Vizius Adler, uh, office of uh, financial affairs, department chair, Claude Montaigne. Say um, secretary, secretary, supreme council, junior secretary, supreme council, Graham, Everett, Noel, Baker. Yes. Uh, uh, low level bureaucrats. Let's say mid to low level bureaucrats. Mid to low
0: level Like like the fact that they all of them say like vice or junior in their title should tell you enough.
1: Right. But, like.
0: The scene is basically you have a bunch of Empire goons basically demanding, like, the complete turnover of all FPA information and documents to the Empire. Basically mm-hmm. demanding, you know, the complete and unconditional surrender. But... Stonewall these bureaucracy, maybe. Right, right. Some real fucking primo, like, DMV on a bad day shit. Well, like, you, you see, gotta-
1: only, uh, the only people who have access to the tax information are taxpaying citizens.
0: Right, right, like, like I mean, and not only that, but they're saying it in like the most like fucking like, <laughs> drab, legalese way of like, well, technically, only civilians can access that information. They need to make a request. Uh, they you need to be a taxpayer to be a civilian who can access I this.
1: this. I received this request, Ryan, from a man claiming to be the Empire of Emperor of the Galaxy. But uh, oh.
0: we here in the FBA do not officially recognize <laughs> that position. As a result, it holds no power. It's like very, like... like Requestion to
1: inspect like... the room without any legal precedent.
0: Yes, it's like <laughs> very good. And like, it's really, I really love this scene. It's such a minor scene, but I loved it because like it is a reminder. It is a reminder of both, like, I mean, it is both, it, it is a great moment, but it's also bittersweet because it is a reminder that, like, even at, the, even at a government at its worst, at its most corrupt, at its most compromised, there have always existed good people who truly believe in the system. Mm-hmm. And often the tragedy, as we've seen here time and time again with the FPA in this specific time period of their existence, is that those people never rose to the positions that they deserved. Like right. if guys like Vizius Adler were running the show, like even <laughs> even a year ago, I, I was going to say two years ago, but even one even six months ago, if a guy like Vizius Adler was running the show, just how different would things have been? You know, like right. And, and we get
1: even Reinhardt is like the alliance perished because men such as these were kept in the like middle ranks.
0: Right, they were kind of kept in you know they were kept in middle management hell, and like you know, and of course. You know, again, like I am. You know, I think we've made it pretty clear in this podcast we do not tend to uh, defend or justify the tenets of autocracy. But like mm-hmm. scenes like these are important because they show that like the strength of an autocracy is that like if the person at the very top is talented, is intelligent, is meritocratic, that dude can just be like. You guys are talented. Like fuck, promotions. You're going up to the top. Like you're coming up here with me, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like you. what he did with like what he did with like Royenthal, what he did with Mittermeier, You know, like yeah, that it, it that the, the rapidness of the system is is a is an advantage. You know, like because the thing is that like the rest of this episode is basically just a montage of Reinhard just fixing like coming in here like kicking out all the toxic elements of the fpa and fixing it up like you know the the next scene is a um, meeting
1: with the people who shot up labello right they're like yeah we we helped
0: yeah we we, for us yeah and he's and and right and like fucking i love that like you know that Reinhardt didn't do this like on accident. Like, cause look, Reinhardt could have brought any Admiral with right, him into this Fahrenheit. meeting, but he specifically brought Fahrenheit. Right, probably ex- works, knowing works
1: that like,
0: yes, yes. And so of course, Rockwell is like, well, well, what about Fahrenheit? He, he, he betrayed his Lord and joined up with you and like Fahrenheit. And, and Reinhardt's like, this is a great line. <laughs> Reinhardt's like, Admiral Fahrenheit. What do you think of that? And Fahrenheit, it's like, I'm honored. <laughs> so
1: I'm honored to be compared to these men.
0: Yes. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so, dryly. Uh, he's so dry. Fucking Sahara dry. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Yeah, so Reinhardt basically orders these men to be dragged away and executed. But, uh, sadly, even though Reinhardt is from the Empire, they are not executed by being uh, pinned down and fed poison. We just see them get dragged away. So. Yep. Um, Assumably by firing squad.
1: Yeah, Reinhardt says, if if I were to liken these men to the to sewage, then the the, the old admiral who died at Maradetta
0: was the pure water of the mountains. Yes, it's so like ridiculous. Just like this idea. Oh, Bukok, what a pure spring of democracy. I mean, what? What?
1: Reinhardt's the type of person who respects, like, you know, people who stand up for their ideals. Of
0: course. I mean, well, the thing I think is like, I mean, I think we've seen this time and time again. Like, again, I think what the thing we always state is like, it is very easy for a surface level take to be, oh, Legend of Galactic Heroes is endorsement of autocracy. What it's clearly not. Like, what it is. Is like it is showing, well, this is what an autocracy would look like if you happen to be ruled by someone as like unique and once in a century as Reinhardt and of course Reinhard's not even perfect, right? Like they specifically point out Reinhard doesn't hold a trial for these guys. He just has them executed. Right. Like there was no trial, no legal recourse. Like again, like yes, these men do they deserve it? Sure did Reinhardt also decide this on a whim with, like, no governmental oversight? Right. Also, yes. I mean, he is the government. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, like, on one hand, it's very easy like, well, look how great things are with Reinhardt. On the other hand, it's like, Also, yeah. I just had
1: to kill these, like, 12 men, and they got killed.
0: Also, you know, as uh, Yang said, uh, 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 dozens of episodes ago, uh, no matter what, killing children is a bad look. <laughs> Uh, it did happen. Yes. It did happen. Yeah, I let's not forget like, at over 10. Let's not forget. All right. And, and you know we should mention that because that very edict is a little bit relevant in the next couple of episodes.
1: True, true. true. Um and but, so uh, Reinhard has
0: uh, rings his Emil bell has
1: Emil bring him some white wine so he can wax poetic about how <laughs> a phoenix must rise from the ashes. It cannot be it cannot come back from half-burned ground. And that Bucock understood that, which is why he fought to the end. And so he just sp- sprays his wine on on the glass. Yes, as a, tr- as a tribute, as to pour one out for Bucock. I guess it's,
0: it's very right hard. I I half expected him to throw the glass on the ground as well. Yeah, when the last right. time they did that? I feel yeah, like that, that was like such a like that was one of those like dumbass Empire things that I loved about them in like the season just, one. Yeah. But uh, um, I feel like yeah, I haven't done it
1: so, well. The montage of Reinhardt an- announcing, you know, addressing all citizens about how we must move on and everyone who lost someone in battle will be treated well, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, all the bureaucrats are like, way all shit. Um, because yeah, the-, of the idea that he's just charismatic enough to win over. The citizens of the
0: democracy. Yes, the bureaucrats basically come to the horrifying realization that I think some of us in our own uh, society are coming yeah. to, that uh, as much as we want to believe that a democratic citizenship will always adhere to the values of a, demo- of, a of a democratic republic, that uh, even the citizens of a democracy can be won over by the allure of a charismatic despot. you that is exactly what happens here. Uh, oh. We once again hear the reigning cries of, you know, uh, Sieg, Kaiser. Sieg, Kaiser. Uh-huh. You know? And
1: uh, Reinhard reads the uh, this episode's eponymous edict of the Winter Rose Garden. Yes. That uh, the Free Plants Alliance is fully dissolved, and the only political body in the galaxy now is the Galactic Empire. Yes. And therefore... Now that it no longer exists, the Free Plants Alliance will be legally recognized.
0: Yes, yes, it is a very like, it's a very like, now that they are no longer a threat, we will finally legally recognize the existence of the FPA. But, uh, the the message is clear. The FPA is no more. Yup. After uh, 273 years. Uh, the FPA has come to an end. Yup. And goodbye, uh, FPA. <laughs> pour yeah, one out for democracy. Pour one out for democracy, y'all. Like it's it's one of those things. Yes. <laughs> it it's it really <laughs> sorry. Oops. It's all good. You know, it's it's definitely one of those things of like, man, I really hope the Guy Den Legend of Galactic Heroes series goes a little bit more into like they probably won't, because I hear it's mostly Empire bullshit, which it's, I love, I hear
1: it's mostly prequel but,
0: stuff. Yeah, but, like, there's a party that hoped the Guy Den would get into, like, historical stuff of, like, back when the FPA was actually hot shit. Like, back when, like, you know, like that one episode where they talk about the history of the F- of the FPA and yeah. talk about like yeah. the, like three legendary admirals who like single handedly like beat the shit out of the right. Empire. Like Lin like, Pau or something. Yeah, Lin Pau or something. Like just like I wanna go back to those days when like democracy was good and effective and like well regulated. <laughs> but uh, uh alas yeah. we we live in the time of now. Indeed,
1: and, uh, and we roll into episode seventy four, uh the long road ahead.
0: Yes. So uh, we kind of open up once again uh, on Reinhardt. He is uh, now concerned now that he has taken over uh, the FPA and unified the galaxy, except for one little spot. He is uh, <laughs> now trying to figure out what to do with Izarlon. Yeah, which is it's uh, dead still spot. being occupied. Out spot! Yes, yes, and. Uh, uh, he starts talking about this with, like, Roenthal and the others, and I love this scene because at first he's, like, talking with them, and then, like, the, the camera, like, pants to the side to show that Mittermeier is there, too, just, like... Right. Like, like, initially the scene looks what? like it's just Roenthal, like, it's, it's just... It's I, I'm just Roenthal,
1: sure like, Mueller, and, like, Valen. Right, right.
0: right? I'm, I'm sure it's not intentional, but just the way the camera is framed, you have no clue Mittermeier is there right, until, until pans he talks. over,
1: and it's, like... It just slowly pants aside,
0: Mittermeier's there, he says, I agree with Roenthal! Right, Mittermeier's there too, guys. <laughs> but, uh, another, maybe the other overarching theme of these three episodes is that uh, Mittermeier is precious, and maybe too good for the galaxy he lives in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, basically, Roenthal and Mittermeier are like, Reinhard, please, as your senior admirals, please do not take to the field and personally confront Yang Li in the field of battle. It never works. It doesn't work. We cannot (laughs) guarantee that, like, Hilda is going to swoop in and save your ass like she did at Vermillion. Like, you know that, like... It's because, like, they know that, like, regardless of whatever sneaky plan Yang comes up with, right? Like, they know at the core, Yang's overall game plan is to kill Reinhardt, right? If Reinhardt is ever on the field, Yang's number one priority is... To take him off the board, yeah. so like it doesn't really matter like how strong your army is if Yang Lee can jit up some fucking bullshit asteroid plane to get within firing distance of you, like there is no FPA to like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: there is no FPA FPA to save Reinhardt's life this time, <laughs> like. And of course, Reinhardt is, and then no, I killed the I, mean, I also, need to like, Yang myself. That's right, what he, right. also
1: what he wants. We need to sell it man to man.
0: Right, right. Reinhardt's like, that's what Jan would want. He would want to fight me one-on-one. <laughs> and they're like, yes, of course he wants to fight you one-on-one. He wants to kill you.
1: Right. Like,
0: oh, Reinhardt, please. And like, finally, Hilda, Hilda is like, also just like, hey, look. Just fortify,
1: because like there's nothing, nothing Jan could do right now, right, other because than his knees are
0: Right. Hilda, again, continues That's to be the smartest person in this show. Continues to be irritatingly the smartest person in this show, because I feel like, let's be real, without Hilda, Reinhardt would be dead right now. Like That's true. Like, Reinhardt, is, like, Reinhardt is alive. You can say, oh, why is Reinhardt alive? Because of his own skills? Because of the great admirals he just signed? No, 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 the no, no, guard no.
1: motherfucker. Because,
0: yes, because Hilda has fucking pulled his fucking ass out of the fire so many times. <laughs> and once again, she's like, Think rationally, my lord. What can Yang actually do? Like, mm-hmm. like, he literally is holding Isralone and Elpha Seal, and even that is gonna stretch him thin. Like, his mm-hmm. forces are so diminutive, he has so little manpower, like even holding both of those at the same time is nearly impossible for him. Right. Although like, I
1: think Greinhard's starting to like push back against her council more yes. so like more and more over time. Yeah. And here, here he's like Oh, this is uh, like a more cowardly opinion than you usually give. Which is like, Zelda. no,
0: like if, out, if, if ooh, it's jug or...
1: with me, he could stabilize off the sill,
0: he could do right. it. Right, right. I mean, yes. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up, Eero, because we are startingly because I don't want to get into baseless speculation mode, but like, finally now here at episode 74, are we starting to see uh, the a, a more despotic turn for Reinhard? Like. He is still, like, doing the good Emperor things that people expect of him. And, like, this time, he finally does relent, right? Like, he's fine. like, all right, fine. I'll- Only because you guys said so, I'm going to postpone the Izzerlone invasion. But has like, like, pushing back against
1: them more and more yeah, over time. Like,
0: yeah. Like, slowly and-
1: getting to a point where he'll just be like, no, we're going.
0: Yes, I think that is what's going to happen, right? Like, we keep seeing Reinhardt, like, because remember, like, you know, even at the beginning of beginning of season three, you know, like especially post Vermillion, the Reinhardt you get is the Reinhardt who's like, Yes, like I should pay attention to my counsel. You know, that's why I asked, that's why I picked you guys for the job, because mm-hmm. like I want your advice. But now we're getting the Reinhardt that's like, fuck you guys. I'm gonna fight Young. <laughs> like <laughs> I like, am I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna text him. We're gonna meet at the seven eleven down the street. I'm gonna take my shirt off and I'm I'm gonna fight him. I'm <laughs> gonna fight him and, and you guys can't stop me. And like 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 and, 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 and Hilda oh, and my car like, keys. Right, right, like where are my car keys? I'm going down the street, I'm gonna fight Young. <laughs> and like this is in, in this world, this is like where Rointhal and Minermeyer and Hilda are like his roommates. And like, please don't do that. You know that like Young is gonna like bring a posse with him or he's gonna bring <laughs> a gun. Like, of course Yang Lee would love to challenge you to a to a bare-chested fist fight and then, like, bring a fucking bat to the fight because, like, that's... That's what Yang would do. Like, let's not, like... Uh, Yang would... Bring a bat to the fight. Yeah, and Yang... You yes, hammer like, nails into it! Yeah, and Yang would bring a fucking gun to a knife fight. Like, let's be real. Like, I love Yang... Uh. Yang, Yang would... Yang would cackle with glee if he could ever fucking trick Reinhardt into a one v one duel. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Oh, well, just a-1v1, to- but I don't know why you got out of your car. I mean
0: It's <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, it is <laughs> Or you know, like what what what, what would Yang do? you but yeah, it is a one V one. It's you and my... My my second uh, Shenkop here. Uh, <laughs> Shenkop and his gang are here to fuck. Your
1: uh, shit. in the fucking like, <laughs> uh, in the fucking gang wars, like Crows AU. Yes, yes, the <laughs> high school gang
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, yes in, in 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 this fucking high school delinquent AU, for better or worse, Yang would be the fucking villain who like. Just never, ever plays by the rules. But also, like, you can't blame him. He has the smallest gang, and his school is full of fuck-ups. So, <laughs> hey, look, you need someone to lead the, the, the like, preps. <laughs> preppies. Look, I'm just saying, after the arc where Labello became pre- <laughs> president, you can tell that FPA High just kind of goes off the deep end. You know? uh, and, uh, there's no saving it after that, you know? Like you yeah, thought Reinhardt uh, finally defeated their guardian uh, Bucock. Yeah. yeah, like you thought you thought Principal Trunick was bad. Well, somehow Principal Labello, somehow somehow even worse. Christ. Or uh yes. So what what, what would that be equivalent? Cool? is 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 that then like is Labello like the I mean not Labello. Is is fucking Bucock then like the fucking like gym teacher? The janitor? janitor? It oh. does that like make Andrew Fork right. Like, is that he like the prep? Like, is he is, is Andrew Fork the fucking student, the student council president? The
1: teacher has uh, finally like got wind of the shit you're pulling.
0: Yeah, yeah You think you can do this just because you're student council president? Yes, yes. Fucking gym teacher Bucock has en- has had enough of your bullshit. <sighs> fucking Yoshiki Tanaka. Give us a call. You can, <laughs> you can you can you can send a check to our PayPal at. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Meanwhile,
1: on Easer loan the Alpha Seal suits are being dicks and basically and saying, they, "Hey, we should go get Heinousen and fight the Empire. We'll win because we got Yang Wenli."
0: And Yang Wenli is like, "That's not how that works." And
1: we have no chance of victory right now.
0: Right. These fucking alpha seal suits are like well why don't you give us a percentage then what's the chance and like Yang's like it's like fucking nothing it's like less than 10% like (laughs) like we're talking about like fucking Evangelion tier like Mm. chances of Yeah,
1: and
0: of course and then the alpha seal guy's like well you know I heard that at the battle of Vermillion you could have killed Reinhardt and then you didn't and now the FPA is dead so whose fault is it really and I'm like you fucking Right, Young makes a oh, face, and he says, I was just joking! Right, right, the Alpha Seal guy, right, yes, they're like, I was just joking, bro, like, it's satire. It's just like, <laughs> ugh, what a fucking... My personal fucking, attack on your character is just satire, man. Yeah, yeah, very, you know, like a, like a, like a, like, like, some, like some Twitter accounts out there, it's just satire, bro. But, like, man, what a fucking, like, these fucking pieces of shit, like, there was a sec, there was like a mi- millisecond episodes ago, it was like, oh, Maybe things are finally going to go Yang's way. Like, now that the FPS has been so thoroughly, like, downtrodden, maybe politicians will finally pay attention to Yang Wenli. No, yeah, no. even <clears throat> when what's left of democracy is down to one fucking space colony and a single goddamn planet, people are still selfish and greedy and short-sighted.
1: Yup, and we get some more.
0: Just Chen Cop saying, Yang should take power! Right, Wait, he's been, yeah. as he's
1: been saying the whole
0: time. Right, right. He's telling it to Julian, oh, and of course, he's telling this to Julian again. Like, uh-huh. Julian is the only person who will fucking, like, <laughs> humor Shenkop. So, like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yes, we've heard this a million times, Shenkop. Yang should throw a coup, take over the government. And, like, and, and of course, and, and there's a great bit here where, like, Shenkop basically admits he's telling this to Julian because the last time he told this to Yang, he, Yang got mad at him.
1: So, it's right. like, hey,
0: I have to complain about it to you now because Young gets mad every time I bring it up. It's like I wonder why.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean uh, again, you know,
0: I, I really don't blame Shenkop. Like again, right. like I love Yang, but like I think, like, you know, me personally, I'm kind of more along the lines of a of a Bucock or a Shenkop. cop uh, you know, I am I am of the mind that maybe perfect is actually the enemy of good. But mm. you know, that's, that's and that perhaps Perhaps cer- certain elements of our own political spectrum perhaps have too high of standards for each other and are self-devouring each other in ways that could have been avoided if uh, everybody just relaxed their extremely stringent standards just a bit. But that's a, t- that's a conversation for another day. That's a whole other conversation. But yes, Jen Cobb is basically just like, again, imagine how much like hardship we could have avoided if Yang had just listened to me. And Julian, mm. of course, is like, yeah, but if Yang listened to you, then he wouldn't be Yang Wenli. It's true. Yeah. But uh, uh they get interrupted by this because um they they decide uh is this where uh Karen shows up? Yes. Uh
1: she decides she's seeking an audience with uh cop and Right. So, so Julian, Julian like quickly exits the
0: room. Right, which uh, I I don't understand. Like I mean I I mean I get it, of course, this time, but I feel like every time Karen has showed up, Julian just has run. just like Not only that, but Julian has this horrific knack for just showing the worst side of him whenever Karen is on screen. Because, like, we know that Julian is this fucking cool, calm, collected, intelligent, like, fucking, like, a starfighter pilot, skilled CQC combatant. (laughs) But every time Karen is there, Julian's like, oh, oh, so hi, hi, Karen. And then, like, runs out the room. It's like, how could you blame her for thinking. Why does everybody like that guy? <laughs> He's such a fucking wimp. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, yes, yeah, so Karen is yeah. here to speak with Shenkop. And initially, so,
1: right. she, oh, why'd you take me off the battle list for the operation to recapture Iserloan?
0: Yes, and, and at first Shenkop, of course, takes the very like patronizing, like patriarchal, like, well, I just don't like to see a girl fight. But uh, he far, he further admits, but, but <clears> if I'm being honest, it's actually because, look, like, you're my kid. I'm not, like, right. I'm not going to make you fight.
1: Like, I mean, like, he, basically said, he, also, he basically says, if you wanted to question me about being a poor father, you should just ask me that instead of, like, trying to cloak it in. Yes. It yes, distracts my field
0: command. Right, which is a pretty fucking good counter, I gotta say, which... Karen rolls with, she's like, alright, fine, like, then in that case, let me just lay down the table, like, and she's basically like, I'm not, I have, I've never expected much from you, Dad, like, I don't even really consider you my father, like, mm-hmm. but, like, I have to know, like, did you at least love my mother, and, uh, Shed Cop gives a... <laughs> Pretty, pretty Shenkop sh- line. Yeah, pretty <laughs> shitty response. If I'm being frank, like, yeah, it's a very because I mean, the answer is like, no, probably right. not. <laughs> yes, yes, the answer and its like Shenkop. Like, as much as Shenkop was just like, hey, be more direct with me. Shenkop is basically walking around in circles to a bit like, no, like your mur- your mother was just like another like one night stand. Like, I was like young and an asshole, and like also like like Roenthal. I pump and dump, like. And, like, what do you want from me? And, <clears throat> you know, Karen is like, yeah, I basically expected as much, but I'm glad I got to hear you admit it. And, uh, but, you know, look, no kid wants to, no kid wants to find out their parent is as much of a dirtbag as they fear they are. Yeah. like, So, uh, you know, she kind of. He's trying I don't know if Shenkop's trying. I gotta uh, be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, yes, like, yes. cares in like his roundabout way of like, you know, not assigning her to like the Ezerlone invasion, but like, I don't know. Like, yes, his way of caring is like the very distant, <clears throat> patronizing way that, like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, you we see it here where like Poplin strolls in and he's like, "You gotta agree. You sure have a way with the ladies, huh? Don't you, Shenkop?" And you know, like right uh let's get a
1: really quick scene we got a scene here where uh poplin's talking to dusty right yes saying yes. Well, look dusty uh, or no, dusty is like poplin i have something very important to talk to you about we need a good catchphrase
0: yes oh my the god! empire
1: the empire everyone is able to say see kaiser reinhardt and it's a great catchphrase for them but
0: We don't have have one. The only thing I could
1: come up with is Viva Democracy.
0: It's like, that's cheesy. Like, yes, I just fucking love every fucking time these two guys are on screen. It's just like, even as serious as things are now, they're still like, what fucking dumbassery can we get up to today? And I would watch an entire episode of these two just going around, asking the crew suggestions for cool slogans. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Fucking, and i want to uh, see them ask everybody i want them to go i want them to ask fucking mirai Murai, like,
1: hey, yeah. like you
0: got a cool slogan for democracy like just fucking ask everybody like just go around the ship but
1: yep. uh yeah then he w- walks into chen cop's office to basically yeah. tell them off a little
0: yeah yeah and basically poplin like is confronting like Shankan about Karen, basically saying, like, I'm concerned about her emotional state, like, you know, like whatever you want to like like play things however you want to, Shinko, but she is a subordinate under my command, and like, you know, yeah. I need her like at her best, and your behavior is not helping. Mm-hmm. And uh it says that know. she is
1: young and inexperienced and has having trouble with her emotions
0: yes yes and
1: uh just like the reminder to me that like half of these soldiers are like 15
0: yeah yeah like 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 you know again like julian is not even that much older right like a lot of these are very young men you know and i mean how much of that is an effect of all the old men are dead but yeah also just like you know well anyways poplin uh poplin finds karen and uh turns out that uh, Poplin actually maybe was right about going <laughs> into uh social counseling uh, the multi, once the multi-talented is over. Poplin. Uh Poplin, a multi-talented individual. Like at first I was totally ready for like Poplin to do his Poplin thing of like telling like bad crude jokes to like somehow pull Karen out of her mood. But actually Poplin gives some pretty solid advice here right. where he's like look, I'm not gonna like sh- you know only people with good home life are Casal News kids yeah like if you're here with Yang on this fleet like we're the regular yeah we are we are called Yang's Irregulars for a reason and like
1: <laughs> he tries to bring up Julian as an example of like he's a war orphan too and like yeah. you know he had he to be raised by some weirdo like Young and Lee yeah and turns just straight up like why you bring up him <laughs>
0: Right, and I, I have expected Poplin then to, like, like proceed with saying, and, you know, actually, like, Julian is I uh, hear he's very hot. handsome. Uh, I hear he's very handsome. I heard he's got a six-pack. Um, <laughs> I, I, I heard he's very cool. He's shredded.
1: I yes, heard like, Julian is shredded.
0: Like, like, bless Poplin. Like, doing his best. He's still trying to wingman. man, like trying wingman for Julian here, despite Julian's every effort to fuck it up. But, uh, but yes. So, uh. Finally, after all of this, Young and Crew finally investigate the Earth Cult data disc. Right. And lo and behold, Fazan's
1: been in bed with the Earth Cult from the beginning. Yes, they basically discovered pretty much new ever since the history episode was like. Yeah. And the first legislature was from Earth.
0: Right. I think I guess in many ways, like a few podcasts ago, I think we were like speculating about. How like what kind of bombshells this data disc had? I think in retrospect, I think more of the implication is that that data disc disc was filled with information we knew, but like right. the point of like this data disc was to finally communicate that information to uh, to Young and his crew. Right. Like, uh, so basically, I mean, the now, like,
1: important thing is that it immediately fills Young. Like Young's plan was to hook up with Fazan to get funding and yeah stuff basically but now he's like i don't know if i want to do that because they're in bed with the earth cult
0: right but uh nonetheless he has a mission for uh for the the elder konev indeed
1: because he uh, is as a fazani merchant you know he is you know they basically send him to go check in on what's going on especially what's up with rubinsky
0: yes yes because uh Speak of the devil, Uh, Rubinsky—a character we have not seen in a while. Uh, Yeah, turns out he is moving in the shadows once again. Uh, But yes, basically they send Konov to like back to Fazan to investigate, and also, if possible, still try and find some like drum up some financial support for Young Wendley.
1: Yeah, and uh, Young (laughs) slumps in his chair, and uh, you know. Proceeds to, to have the most that.
0: fucking real ass conversation right. he has had. So there's the
1: scene with Rubinsky first.
0: Yes, okay, yes. Right, Rubinsky in his fucking fancy
1: ass mountain cabin. Yes. He's just sitting on his bench drinking whiskey and then it's wearing his fucking sweater vest or whatever. Yes, his ridiculous. Donald fucking- Donald
0: fucking- yes. And uh saying that like um they're gonna target they're gonna use Lang. Yes. So Rubinsky has decided his next puppet, his next puppet after Oditz is is Lang because uh, right if we can make
1: and Lang and Reinthal fight each other, then uh, perhaps we can make use of that situation.
0: Right, it will destabilize the empire. So uh, we know that that is certainly what is on the table for Rubinsky. Uh, then we have the conversation here with with Young, uh, Frederica, yeah. and Julian where. As much as this is a conversation, I feel like this is also like, just like a five minute, five ten minute long introspection for Yang, just like (laughs) self interrogating his own ideals and like where they have led him in the last like seventy episodes, right? And I mean, as we have said multiple times, basically talking about
1: autocracy and democracy, yeah, and how autocracy is very effective when you want to. Like make very fast, very drastic changes to the system, and uh democracies is roundabout. It takes a long time to make changes happen.
0: Right, but uh, you and know, so, that- and
1: that ev- everybody in democracy who gets tired of how like slow it slow it is says, yes. "Let's just give all the power to a great to a great politician and have them fix everything."
0: Right, like he he basically talks about like how. Like, democracy is tiring, like because it takes so much work to self-police. That, like, yeah. because progress can be so slow. I mean, fucking, a here we are in 2019, hoping Yo. we can turn things around in 2020. Like, even if we do, it will be slow and gradual to reverse just the damage that has already been done in the last two three years. Yeah, and because of that, it is oh so tempting, even for good rational people, to be like fuck it. Like, what if we just like let so-and-so fix everything? Like if he could just do it with none of these pencil pushers, none of these like asshole politicians, none of these bureaucrats getting in the way. Like if just so-and-so could just fix everything, like why shouldn't he? Like, I mean, it's the temptation. Like, it's exactly what, like, it's what it's like, it's, it's cops mindset, right? Like, like that is a man who is tired of all this shit, you know? Like, hell, look at us. we, Constantly are like, please, Young, just, <laughs> just do it, Young. Do something. Us. Like, yeah, like I don't even need you to become president for life. I'm just saying, like, be a little bit more more proactive in like the political sphere and like, you know, it's like, and you know, Young just he keeps he put he keeps his foot down. He's like, it's like he he insists like a democratic military should never ever be involved with politics. Like they should always be separate, and the military should always be subordinate to the civilian-led government. Like, and yeah, you know, he—it's something he truly believes in. He truly stands by it. You know, like, like at most, like he entertains the idea of like, well, or no, he doesn't. Uh, sorry, that was that was Shenkop, right? Which part? Shenkop said that. Yeah, I kind of wish Bukok was still alive because, like. Bukov would
1: have taken control, and Yang would right. have served under him.
0: Yeah, like yeah, like Bukov
1: says that earlier.
0: Like like Bucock would have like gladly become president of Alpha Seal, like if you know if you were still alive, because like Bukov is just pragmatic enough and practical in his views of democracy to like be to be to to entertain that concept. But Young never would, because like it's just, it is so like core to his character, like this idea of like what an ideal democracy is and why, even with all the hardship, even with the death of the, like, most major democratic government in the galaxy, even with it, like, truly and finally permanently gone, he still believes that ideal is worth fighting for, that that ideal is worth preserving, that even should he fail, like, even should, like, Reinhardt succeed and wipe out their resistance movement, that, like, he must fight for that ideal version of democracy. So that one day, like someday in the distant, like (laughs) fucking centuries, someone will look at his actions and like, and model themselves after those ideals. And it's just such a fucking, you know, galaxy brain take on it that like is both deeply admirable but also makes me want to pull out my hair. Yeah, uh, like we even get a bit of that from Julian here. Of right, all right. He's
1: like I wa- I wish you would have like acted upon self interest, personal feelings, and just blown up Reinhardt.
0: Yeah, like 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 Julian basically says, "I wish you were l- less selfless." And mm-hmm. because like Julian of all people knows how self destructive Young's selflessness is. Like again. I mean, Yang beating himself up about Bukok's death. A death that, like, frankly, he could have never prevented. Like... Like... He just holds himself to this impossible standard, and it just further cements, like, the bittersweet tragedy of the character. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's like what Rubinsky said all of those episodes ago, like, we'll keep tightening the thread, and Yang Wenli will either like rise to the top or he'll fall off and I feel like this season is like making an explicit point right. of which direction Yang will take yeah. when that time comes straight up like uh. talks about how uh
1: <clears throat> being like allow like following the, the order to not to run hard was in his own way like being extremely selfish to like maintain his own ideals yeah. And perhaps he should have like had more responsibility to the soldiers under his command.
0: Yes. I I mean again, like of course Young thinks about this, but I am glad that this stuff is being vocalized in the show. Like, right. I think we know Young's character so well that we know Young would think about like the consequences of sparing Reinhard, like that in many ways like Young doomed Bucock to death because he spared Reinhard, like Yeah. Of course it's a deeply like like short-sighted thing to say, oh, it's Yang's fault that Bucock is dead, but also in some roundabout way, like, Yang's actions did contribute to the death yeah. of one of his closest friends. And like you know, we, we talked about this like last season. Like how much of Yang's ideology is also his own like his own passivity, his own like almost almost his cowardice to to make those hard choices the way Reinhardt does.
1: Is it really like, self-sacrificing to do the things he does, or is it, like, selfishness?
0: Or is it actually the path of least resistance? Right. Because, like, in many ways, like... yeah, Again, I'm no philosopher
1: It was easy for him to follow the order to not shoot him, because that's, you know...
0: <laughs> right it's very easy for young to be like, well that's my philosophy i always follow the civilian government so when they said don't shoot Reinhard," that gave me an easy out but like right actually totally. would, would the more selfless selfless thing to do would be would it have been to take that shot right like yeah. like and, and go against your personal morality like who
1: can say yeah, i mean even young
0: is like i can't uh, look at me I'm i am mean, just I mean over this again yes, I can't do yes. right now i mean i think it's very important that it's this, this, right i think it's very important that this conversation doesn't even end with like a definitive conclusion to their conversation it doesn't end with an easy answer like because there are no easy answers about this sort of thing like this is just yet another thing that young will have to ponder for
1: the fucking no. rest of his
0: life and uh, however
1: long or short it may be,
0: yes, yes. I mean, and with all that taken care of, we finally return to the yeah. Empire, mm-hmm. where it turns out that uh, the invasion of Ezerlohn is about to get delayed for another reason. Yeah. By, by the letter titled, The Letter That Stopped the 10,000, like <laughs> 10 billion soldiers. Right, the 10 million soldiers. Uh, Reinhardt receives a credible letter.
1: Accusing, Chief of Legal
0: Affairs. Yes, accusing Royenthal of uh of some treasonous behavior. Yes! Disquieting actions on part of Royenthal. Yes.
1: Yes. And that uh moves us into episode 75, Rolling
0: Thunder. Yes. Where uh we we return to Hinesid because uh Mueller is here to meet with Reinhart. <laughs> uh, I
1: wanted to say Odin by reflex, and then I corrected myself. No, yeah, I'm I know, wrong. right? And then I corrected myself. No, right now Reinhardt is on Heinen.
0: Yes, it's so fucking all twisted up. <laughs> yes, so Reinhart is eating breakfast. Right. Mueller's there. <laughs> it's so Mueller's good. Mueller's up. like Mueller's like uh, Reinhart. I have a message from Reinhardt, and Reinhart is like Reinhart is like. Oh, good sit time. Down, have We're just having today? breakfast. And Mueller's like, I'll wait. And Renthal's like, well, I'm not skipping breakfast. So- <laughs> <laughs> you can sit you can sit here while I finish and yes. then we can speak. <laughs> and anyways, Mueller gives Renthal the news. He has been summoned to uh Reinhard on accusations of uh as right. you said, Eero, disquieting behavior.
1: And they bring up that uh the- not only did Lang and Oberstein sign these summons, but also Brookdolf of uh, legal affairs. Chief and, of Legal Affairs, yes. yes. And also that if it had only been Lang and Oberstein, nobody would have given a shit.
0: Yes, yes. I love the self-awareness that if Oberstein and Lang got together, <laughs> let's let's write a note that says right those It's done to some shit. bad shit. Reinhardt Every, would have Everyone would have been like, ugh. Right. Like, I'll like waste you know, my time, like,
1: you idiots.
0: Yes, yes. Like, that letter probably wouldn't have even made it to Reinhard because Reinhardt would have been like, you fucking idiots. Like, but, but, this is where it's important, where like Lang does Lang and Oberstein do some important political maneuvering here because they get brookdolf on right. on board and that lends an air of credibility right, to right. and we get a line um,
1: here about how Brookdolph is notable because he was in charge of the Benamunde affair
0: yes remember like 70 episodes yes, ago yes remember our dearly departed Lady Benamunde uh, may, she, <laughs> may she rest in peace after being held down and forced poison oh Oh man, I didn't uh, May, expect May, that story to... May we remember the time she hired fucking Phantom of the Opera <laughs> masqueraded assassins to kidnap Reinhard's sister. My, I always
1: will remember that episode because that was... We were still arguing over whether we should keep watching the next episode previews. Right. And yes. I was like, we could keep watching them because we saw d and and we know it's coming up. And yes. then that's not 10 seconds later here's next to yeah, a preview of men in bad shooting episode. at cars <laughs> <fucking like. laughs> not present in dnt at
0: all it's so good it's like all I, right uh, you made uh, your point show yes yes <laughs> i i miss those empire shenanigans sometimes like the problem is that Reinhard runs the empire so well it's gotten a little it's boring smooth like there are no there are no like selfish decadent nobles running the show anymore. Right. All we get we is like, have, like
1: all we get is Reintal banging ladies.
0: Yeah, all we get is like yes, yes, uh, Ro- uh, yes Roenthal's antics basically. But uh, yeah, so basically, Brokdaul because Brokdaul is kind of considered like this very honest, straight laced, by the book guy. Like when he is presented these findings by Lang on good faith, like we right. get a good be- we get a- we get a good bit be- here where Brokdaul was like. I don't know I don't really no. believe this but uh I'm but a it is my duty yes it is my duty to investigate and of course the trick here is that like renthal isn't actually a traitor or at least we have not seen him do anything traitorous up till now like problem- it's straight up they straight up say like he wants
1: to do this by the book to establish like to create a precedent that legal affairs can influence yes. the military because right. the military like
0: might take over or like, yes, might, yes.
1: like get, get ahead of themselves.
0: Right. Yeah. So in, like, in many ways, Brooke Dolph is the ideal bureaucrat because he wants to ensure that there is legal precedent for doing things the right way. The problem here is that like often what is right and what is lawful are not always the same. And this is definitely not to imply what Roenthal has done is right, <laughs> but it is to show that like Roenthal hasn't actually done anything traitors, but he has done just enough things that are kind of shady <laughs> that like Brokdfall is able to put together a case, and of course, a guy like Brokdfall, like if he were to like look at this case objectively, would be like, well, Reinthal has done some kind of shady things, and it should be brought to Reinhardt's attention about this whole like, uh, you know, this whole uh, what's her name, um
1: Elfried, Vana, Elfried thing, but, like, Rosh.
0: right, but like you know that Brookdolf like, but we're gonna do this by the book, we're gonna do this proper, right. like we're not Calder gonna like start, like we're not we're not gonna start a witch hunt yet. But,
1: I'll question this Lang, woman
0: directly. But Lang manages to wrestle authority of the investigation away from Brookdolf by citing that because Roenthal is a member of the military, this has now become a military legal affair instead of a civil. If, like, he basically legal says, affair.
1: like, because specifically because Roenthal not broken any laws, the legal affairs can't do anything. Right. It's for internal security.
0: Yes, and so. Brookdolf because he he's, because he does this by the book gets outplayed by Lang and fuck Lang yes for the Lang, Lang basically gets to use Brookdolf's like like legitimate and like you know probably good and just work uh, as a tool against Royanthal. so yeah. as I said before fuck Lang somehow in a show with many punchable faces. Lang somehow has the most punchable one of all. It's He's truly impressive, for sure. It it truly is impressive, in a in a show with characters like Trunit and Andrew Fork that like <laughs> Lang is like, so like scubby. If you, like if you put Lang, Fork, and Trunit in a room and gave me a gun with one bullet, <laughs> oh man, I would actually be very like I'm not act. I, I'd be very I'd be very conflicted. I'd be like, this is actually That's a very tough. difficult. This is a very difficult conundrum. Yes, but uh, okay, guys, line up. Uh. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would ask them to line up. Yes, that is the that is the actual play here. But then you gotta ask who who lines up in front of who. <laughs> but anyways, yes. So because they because Lang uses Brokdaul's uh, credibility, um, it gets Reinhardt to actually believe and buy into this idea that Reutel actually should be legitimately investigated.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: though is kind of placed under house arrest of sorts.
1: Um, yeah, we do get a quick bit of Oberstein basically saying to Lang that if this doesn't work out, I will absolutely throw you under the bus.
0: Right, right. Not,
1: not in as many
0: words, but... Yes, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to tell how much Oberstein actually means this or not, but Oberstein, Oberstein says, You know, Lang, we're doing important work here. We are doing the very important work of holding our leadership accountable. This is very important work that we are doing. Yeah, if you, uh, I hope uh, yeah. that you are not using this as an excuse to like get a, to like avenge a petty grudge against Royanthel. I certainly hope that is not what you are intending to use this case for. That and, would like, be very disloyal. Yes. And, and of course, like the, the thing here is, of course, Ro- this is what Oberstein says. But I think on some level, Oversand actually doesn't care as long as he gets to discredit Roenthal one way or another. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, people like Lang are just tools to him. But that is what Oversand lays on the table. Anyways, yeah. and, if, if uh, nothing else, as a way to cover his own ass.
1: Right. And uh, Mittermeier is, is informed and is not yes. happy. He
0: finally gets the news. Mittermeier is mad. He's like, What? I need arrested, to go talk to Royenthal. Right. They arrested my best friend Royenthal. Like I mean talk Wendthal to him. who who remembers my birthday. Royenthal <laughs> who, who brings flowers to my, my wife. wife. Hmm. Well, a- anyways, he's my best friend. A- 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 and I'm gonna go see him. And all the Mintermeyer is like like supporters are like, please, Mittermeier, don't do this. It's like, How dare I- you try to stop me from seeing my best friend? And they're all like just Calm down, Mittermeier. Like, you're all going to make things worse by going to see Roenthal. Like, you might get, like, associated with him if things go real bad in this trial. Like, like Mittermeier, please keep your cool. And. <laughs> Like, uh, like Like like, like there's this great line with like Mittermeyer, please. Like if you see him in bad like they might think that like you have a bad conscience. And Mittermeyer's like, I don't even have an iota of a bad conscience. But is <laughs> like he's so fucking like, uh, like Mittermeyer is so fucking pure. Like, Because, like, if literally anybody else in this show said that with a straight face, right, I would else. laugh them out the room. But Minermire is the one person in this whole fucking show who could say, I have a good conscience. I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's and, like, uh, trying
1: to, like, rationalize.
0: Yes. It's like,
1: yeah, Kaiser, Kaiser Reinhardt ordered us to kill all the all the men over ten. And, 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 and exile all children. the women. But he never yeah. said we couldn't take them out of exile.
0: Oh. Right, so right. Ryan fine. Right, right, guys. And all the uh, <laughs> look at all the supporters are fucking stone face quiet, uh, except for true. one that's just like, "Look, let's just not worry about the trial for now. Let's wait until." All very respected. I'm sure it's fine. Yes, and we have this brief moment where all of a sudden, for a brief moment, Mindermeyer realizes the shape of the universe. <laughs> he has this line where he's like, "What is the point of authority?" If I can't even see my best friend and like, <laughs> I'm inferior into a commoner. <laughs> right. And it's like, a it is an oh so brief moment, but in this moment, Mittermeier, like, you know, we talked about like how, like we talked about like how, you know, uh, Yang and Reinhardt had that art discussion about like what, if, if there are universal truths and if they are worth <laughs> discovering or if we should make our own universal truths for a brief moment here, Mittermeier approaches some fucking like, Buddhist Zen, like <laughs> fucking enlightening mid shit, where he briefly recognizes a universal truth. <laughs> it's uh, so good. Oh, Mittermeier. And only you someone with as, as, yes, only someone with as pure of a heart as Mittermeyer could could have come to this realization. But uh, anyways, <sighs> uh, Reinthal, <laughs> uh, right?
1: Reinthal's been confronted, and uh, you know says like I would be so mad if you if you were saying I was like looting and assaulting and harming citizens, but saying that I might be rebelling is an honor because I'm a warrior.
0: Yes, yes, he's like, like, like yes, it's so good. Like, it, like it, it's you're so, just like you're not helping your case, buddy. So, like, Randall's so not helping his case, but also like there is no other way for Re- like like it's right. like if Rendell would absolutely speak this way. If, if Rendell was in court, if Rendell was in court, <laughs> right. and the judge was like. How do you plead? Roykle would be like guilty of being too fucking cool. <laughs> and like everybody uh, would really uh, put their hands in their head. Like Minor would get up from the stance and be like, uh, uh, actually, what Roykle is trying to say, like, Roykle is <laughs> uh, <laughs> just that dude who fucking puts on
1: the sunglasses.
0: Like, even when he has the fucking barrel to his fucking forehead, is like, I'm going to get the last word because I'm the coolest. This is like, yep. right please. Like, I don't even, I don't even like, you're not even that good of a person. And I want you to have like, maybe an, an ounce of self-preservation in this situation.
1: Uh, and he goes on to basically say, fuck Lang. Right.
0: Right. Man, no, like, I know that he's behind this. Right. Like, it's so good. It's so, this episode is so good because like, right. like, all right, state your case. And right. like, my case, Fuck Lang! Lang is this is Lang's fault. He's up to he's up to his fucking tricks because he's mad I, that I yelled. yelled at him at that meeting. Right? He's mad that I fucking schooled on his sorry ass. That I called him out on the piece of shit he is. Like this is this he he just, like yeah all right yeah I am sleeping with like a survivor of like the the <laughs> the and lots whatever the sex is great and, <gasps> and 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 you know what you know what Reinhard maybe you should try getting laid sometime maybe uh, then you know how good it feels and maybe you would understand where I'm coming from and yeah, maybe you, <laughs> you demands <laughs> an audience with Kaiser Reinhard and. Right. Uh- and right, he goes, not- goes,
1: goes into the, like this fancy throne room. All the other admirals are there on folding
0: chairs. Yes, they're on folding chairs. Like they're not even like standing at attention. Or like you think that this being the empire, they oh, would have awkward. like servants. Like, tr- <laughs> like you thought like servants would have like brought out like thrones. But like you're like oh shit, right? We're still on Heinicsson. <laughs> Heinicsson doesn't have thrones. chairs. Just like, well, from office. Right, like the throne. The only throne they have is probably Reinhardt's. So it's like, shit. Uh, what are the admirals gonna sit on? I don't know. Check the fucking FPA office. They gotta have something. <laughs> well, we found these folding chairs. Damn it. All right. Good enough. Uh, like, it's so good. It's so good. And once again, right. So right. right. So Reinhardt is like. Yes. So all the admirals are in the audience, like kind of you know just like crossing their arms, waiting to see how this all pans out. Reinhardt is like, once again, is like, Reinthal, how do you flee? Can, will, can you explain your your disquieting actions? Mittermeier and jumps off and <laughs> says it's all overstart fault." Right. Mittermeier once again? <laughs> hopping off. Like I said, coming out and jumping st- jumping from the stands. He's he Mittermeier has hopped over the bar. He is approaching. <laughs> like he is approaching the judge. Like he is like climbing his way up to like the judge's fucking seat. Set, like pushing the lawyers aside being like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey. hey. Rito is my best friend and let me tell you" Fuck Overstein! Uh, <laughs> like, like, is that your defense? That is how you believe is fuck Overstein. It's like uh, this episode is making me realize, like, as as much as we were like, man, why are Mittermeier and Rintel friends? This like, oh, this is why they're friends because they're both dumbasses. <laughs> it's uh, like, completely opposite reasons. Like, Rintel is a dumbass because. He truly believes he is too cool for school, and unfortunately, he has just enough swagger to back it up to buy into his own hype. <laughs> Conversely, Minermit is a dumbass because his heart is just literally too pure for this galaxy. Uh. And like, he thinks, like, well, if I just say oh it's if Oberstein started it, then then everybody can see that as call.
1: The
0: teacher has to listen right. <laughs> like, if I might just say Oberstein and Lang started it, Reinhardt will understand. Oh, Christ. It's so good. Fucking Reinhardt is just like, Mennermeyer, please. <laughs> like, <So> I. <laughs> Mennermeyer, I made you my admiral because of your skills in the field. I did not. <laughs> He just explicitly says, I did not hire you for your way with words. Please sit down. And Minamara's uh, like, "Oh, Yeah,
1: and Renthal uh, <laughs> so basically says, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have let that lady stay in my place. But uh, I'm not going to rebel just because she has sex with me.
0: Yeah, and... Uh- also, I guess she's pregnant, i Reinh- oh, yes. Reinhard- that real fast. Yeah, so Reinhardt brings up the accusation of... Because we didn't mention that, but Brookdolf uh, um, interviewed... Uh, Elfried. Elfried, and Elfried claimed uh two things. A, that she was pregnant, and B, that Royenthal specifically stated, I must work even harder now for the sake of the child. Now, as somebody who's played... A couple of Ace Attorney games. I can tell you why... Uh, you, can you can cross-examine You can cross this testimony, and uh, I can bring some stuff out of the evidence folder to prove why this would never, ever happen. Um, and uh, Roenthal basically states that in show. He's like, that's bullshit. Because uh, everybody here knows it. Even my best friend, Mittermeier knows. I, I fucking hate kids. To- <laughs> like, yeah. A, I'd be a terrible parent. B, I fucking hate kids. Like... I'd abort that thing like nothing. Oh and my God. Like, <laughs> again, it's it, the way rental defends himself is like, just by being the fucking worst person in the room. Like, you know, like uh. whatever your, whatever your stance on like abortion is like, if your defense upon hearing, you know, this woman claims that uh, she's pregnant with her child and you know, the implications of a child of the Lichtenlade legacy. Right. And right. like, I don't give a fuck. I'd abort that thing. Fuck it. But it's just like. <coughs> Jesus Christ, Roenthal. Like, But also, that is the. But also, in a it's weird a way, move. <laughs> it is also the best defense Ryenthal could summon because everybody in that room knows Ryenthal. And so, for uh, better or worse,
1: Street is extremely consistent with this character. Right.
0: Everybody nods their head and they're like, yeah. Yeah, Roenthal, he would. <laughs> yeah, he would. Roenthal's a dick. He totally would. And. With that very, <laughs> that very rock solid watertight defense, Hard uh, says, "Well, upon reviewing the evidence, I'm going to take a few days to uh, decide uh, on my sentence." But do you remember that night you pledged yourself to me? Yes. Well, it the does flashback. That so and and we have a we have a fucking we, just like fucking ace attorney. We have a flashback to like. Fucking five do, do, do. years ago or something, yeah. we see a young, short-haired Reinhardt, and more importantly, we see Kirky eyes. Our boy, our boy, Kirky eyes. Only Kirky eyes were here. Well, guess Kirk-eyized what? Were here. He is in the past, yeah. in an unspoken role. And um, so,
1: Roenthal. Yeah, we get flashback to when like Roenthal visited Reinhard in the night to basically yes. say, "Can you help Mittermeier out of military prison?"
0: Yes, because as we well, yeah, as, as we well said vaguely a while ago. Like, yes.
1: Mittermeier spent time in military prison for going against like the orders of his dirtbag
0: superiors or something. Yes. Yes. And uh, again, like, I I mean, again, once again, Roythal Mittermeier, like those are guys like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Which which guy? The middle management dudes. uh, Oh, they're like Vizius Adler, like in a worse version of the empire those dudes would have languished in the middle of the ranks forever, right? Uh, but yeah, so basically, Roythal's like, I'll pledge allegiance to you, and Mittermeier will too. Like, yeah, <laughs> not even here to agree to that. And Roythal's like, ah, don't worry, Mittermeier will, I'll convince him, Mittermeier will agree, <laughs> right? And like, why do you care
1: so much about like risking? Why do you care to risk yourself to help this guy? I mean, he's a nice guy.
0: He's pleasant to be around. <laughs> the universe will lose its vitality if a man like Kim is lost. Yes, this is the nicest Renthal could ever be about literally his best friend. His best and only friend, Mittermeier, is saying he is pleasant to be around. <laughs> Which is the most fucking, like, look, I get it. I understand why. Um, I understand why, especially in Japan, especially among the female fan base of Legend of the Galactic <laughs> Heroes, the Empire is much more popular than the FPA. Yeah. I understand there is some prime shipping material here. Indeed, <laughs> like these two are like I say, Minnermeyer's precious, but in a ways, Roenthal is a little precious too, if just because of like fucking, like, of course this is how Roythal would, like, speak about his best friend. One of the, arguably the person he is emotionally closest to in the entire galaxy. And, uh, but actions speak louder than words. Like, Roythold's like, I'll serve you for life. And Reinhardt is like, well, that's all well and good, but why shouldn't I just curry, uh, Braunschweig's favor favor instead? And, uh, Reinhardt is like, well, let's let's play a little mental exercise here what do you think about the Golden Bomb Dynasty? And, it sucks. Uh, yes, Roenthal is like, it sucks, surgery needs to be done, and it wouldn't be a tragedy if the patient died in the process. <laughs> Which, again, maybe
1: Mittermeier was just trying to just trying to imitate Roenthal. Yeah. Man, Roenthal, you're so cool. You're so good at metaphors. Uh, can- I'm going to practice just to be able <laughs> to be just like
0: you. Yes, yes. Did Mittermeier come up with that dining hall metaphor because of Roenthal? <laughs> like, was Mittermeier like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was Mittermeier, like, right though, Listen, I got this great metaphor. Metaphor. Um, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna compare the battle to a dining hall. And Rothel was like, "That's great, Mittermeier. That's so good." She takes you another she use- takes another <laughs> cup drinks from his wine glass. Right. It's like you should totally use that one? <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, so we find out that this is the reason for uh, uh, their loyalty, or at least <clears throat> you know, their, the the loyalty they've held towards uh reinhardt all this time. And uh, yes, anyways, with that flashback taken care of, like, you know, Roythal says, and ever since that day, I have never wavered, which we know is not true. But <laughs> in terms of his in terms of his on screen and like external actions, this is technically true. Yeah. Like, Roythal has considered treason in the past, but he has yet to actually act on him, act on it. So like, technically, he has remained loyal to Reinhardt. But, uh, but yes, Reinhardt basically, Reinhardt's like, well, okay, I'll take your rock solid defense into, into mind and I will have a verdict in a few days. And during this whole time, during this scene, during this whole episode, we keep getting shots focused on, uh, one of like Reinhardt's like, uh, right, support this bearded,
1: bearded, dude. And we we're like, bearded, who
0: is this guy? Why is right, the camera keep focusing on him? Right. This bearded gentleman that we could not immediately recognize. We were like, why did they keep focusing on him, and then we find out at the end of this episode, we are reminded, this bearded fellow is Bergengrun, uh, who was a sub- former subordinate of Kirky Eyes. Ah, yes. Um, And we are reminded of one of the longest long cons that we suspected <laughs> about this show all right. the way like, back in season one. He's basically saying, like,
1: man, I... I like serving under Rointhal and uh <clears throat> I remember back when we were under Kirk command, that uh Overstein got up to some, some shit. And uh if it wasn't for Overstein, eyes would have had his gun. He could've shot
0: yeah. could have shot Ansbach. Yes, during Ansbach's attempted assassination on Reinhardt. Uh for as as a reminder to you listeners, uh basically what Bergendron is getting into here with uh what was his name? Burrow, uh, another former uh subordinate of Kirk Eyes who serves under Mittermeier, mm-hmm. Um uh, basically explained that after Kirk death, all of Kirky Eyes's um subordinates were kind of basically divvied up amongst the remaining admirals. But all these years they have never forgotten their their loyalty to Kirky Eyes right. and they have ever since held a grudge against Oberstein. Finally, the show brings us up. Yeah. We were saying this. We were saying this shit. Yeah, but like, we, we, it was we, Oberstein's fault. Right, right. And well, we were going as far as saying Oberstein engineered the assassination. <laughs> like, because remember, I mean, our, our suspicion was that Oberstein was head of security, right? Yeah. Like, how the fuck does Anspach get a body with a freaking rocket launcher in it? into the throne room. Yeah. Unless the head of security let it happen. Now, 70 episodes later, the show has neither confirmed nor denied this. I think this will unfortunately be one of those mysteries that is just kind of left to the test of right. time. But... Uh, certainly just not been brought up, really.
1: Um, but the Eyes'
0: subordinates certainly believe that Oberstein had a right. hand in it, whether like, intentionally or not.
1: Right, it's basically brought up that, like, they're not really mad at Reinhard because Reinhard was, like, clearly extremely upset over this entire situation, whereas Oberstein was still just his usual
0: unflappable self. <clears throat> right. And that uh, by convincing Reinhard to uh, force Eyes to not have his sidearm, uh, got Kurthiaz killed, and that... Long story short, fuck Ober... <laughs> As Rothold and Mittermeier have said, <laughs> fuck Oberstein. Yep. Yeah, he
1: basically says, like, Overstein already deprived me of one of my great superiors.
0: I can't, be, like, I, if he does it again, it'll be ridiculous. Yes, like, like basically, uh, Burrow and some of the, I forget, is it Burrow or is it another admiral who's, who's like, Bergen Grun, I understand your... I think that is Burrow, yeah. Okay, Burrow is like, Bergen Grun, I understand your fury, but for now, let's not make anything worse for Royenthal than it already is. Yeah. But there is kind of this quiet agreement... Yeah, but also, if Roethl takes the hit for this, we're going to fucking kill Oberstein, right? Take him out. And I kind of love that, like, this show, this fucking beautiful show. It like, 50 episodes. This show sat (laughs) on this fucking plot point for over 50 episodes. This is longer than the runtime of, like, your average Gundam TV anime. Like this is longer than most shows airing now. Like, just uh, let this plot point sit for just simmer. Yeah. For, for and in real time during the air, the actual airing of this show, let it simmer for years. Like right. Like we're like in the mid '90s now when Legend of to Kuros is airing, so almost a decade <laughs> they have sat on this plot point. Right. And I think I think it's really magnificent though the storytelling of this show because like admittedly of course the show had to remind us but, yeah. but i but, do like, think the second they did we were like yeah yeah that's <laughs> the thing you and i the second it reminded us who bergen was we were like i remember why we were watching this we were like oh shit oh shit oh shit that's that's the guy from kirk ship like <laughs> like we we All remembered right. it immediately and i think that speaks to like how strong the storytelling is in legend of the galactic heroes that like Even these long-forgotten plot points that were undeniably important at the time but have faded from memory, once they are brought back, like, it's not like we needed a full episode-long recap episode. Legend of the Galactic Heroes needed less than a minute to remind us, oh, shit, this is why this is important. And this is why this is important. This is why these guys guys don't like Overstun right like this is not like a weird like this is not like a plot twist out of nowhere like this is not like the writers desperately being like uh do we have any hanging loose like plot threads let's bring them back now no this is a this is a an intentional like like principle like like effort to bring back an important plot point now when it is actually at its most relevant and it's like holy yeah. fucking shit this show it was real good and again, the episode's not over yet because we have one last goodie, one last goodie to look forward to. Oh, uh, we also we do get a bit here where um
1: <clears throat> Anton Ferner, who's basically like Oberstein's number two right now, like starts thinks to himself that maybe Oberstein's real game here is that he uh by being the shady one, everyone is like, Man fuck Overstein instead of He's- man fuck Reinhardt He's a well of hatred for people to pour into. Right. Although he also thinks maybe I'm overthinking this.
0: Yes, yes. He I mean, I am glad he is willing to entertain both ideas, because look, I don't want to get too into like baseless speculation here, even though that's all we do with the stupid podcast. But I wouldn't I would not deny that much of Oberstein's behavior is likely purposely cultivated. Yeah. Like I do think Oberstein purposely cultivate because here's the thing <clears throat> if we are to assume that Oberstein is sincere when he says he wishes for nothing more than the success of Reinhardt's dynasty
1: I mean all of his actions have been relatively consistent with that and
0: his yes. like
1: personal beliefs as stated yes. Uh, yes
0: if we take that as at face value then some of his personality some of his actions do make sense from The standpoint of, oh, he's doing this so that people project their resentment onto that fucking shithead Oberstein instead of our Lord Emperor Reinhard. That said, I also think Oberstein still acts far too selfishly for this to be some kind of, like, oh, long con, selfless act of his. Yeah. Like, I think... Many of his actions, the many ways he has thrown people under the bus, like, do some of those people deserve it? Of course, but, like, nonetheless, like, stuff like that, stuff like letting Braunschweig nuke the planet, like... Right, right. Oberstein has far too much blood on his hands for me to buy into this, like, oh, he's graciously playing the villain. Like, no, he is a villain. Like, (laughs) let's not get it twisted here. Is he maybe like, it, it, are they going to eventually justify this in season four? That yes, he's a noble villain who truly believed in Reinhard. Sure. Whatever. But also does that excuse all the bullshit he's done? Not a fucking chance. Yeah. <laughs> now with that said, now we finally get to the one last goodie of this <laughs> episode. We find out that, uh, <laughs> one empire fleet has been sent from Odin to begin setting up the front lines of at is at the Isloan corridor. Right. That fleet is led by none other than our good buddy, the Renaissance <laughs> man himself, the Admiral Poet Mecklinger.
1: Yay, Mecklinger, finally doing oh, something.
0: Yeah. We finally getting Mecklinger back, baby.
1: Uh he's sitting at, he's sitting on his like fancy chair on the bridge writing in his like diary or something. Yes.
0: Oh, I, I miss Mecklinger. It's been too long. Like, what a Tragically underused character in this show, like I, it's fine. <laughs> it's just, I, I'm just so, I,
1: I'm just so annoyed that like the Renaissance <laughs> man Admiral Macklinger.
0: just at, comparable,
1: like, comparable to Leonardo da Vinci in Cao, Cao.
0: Yes, I just just every other admiral has had their chance to shine, and like, or if not even shine, like every admiral has had the chance to like interact with other admirals to like bring out their personality, but like. Poor fucking Mecklinger, because his job is to hold down the fort at Odin. Right. He's like not only given is not only not given a ton of screen time, but then he doesn't even get to ed- interact with the other admirals that much. So yeah. like, as a result, we get so little of like we don't get to see much of him like interacting with the rest of the universe. And as a result, also um uh fuck Reed Richards, what's his name Kessler. Kessler. Kessler, yes, yes. Same thing that happens to Kessler, right? Like, When was the last time Kessler was relevant in this yeah, show?
1: <laughs> no, not often. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, both of those guys kind of cursed with the, like, you guys have the important job of holding down the fort at home. So as a result... Well, you don't all continue. the good
1: stuff goes on over here.
0: Yeah, but now that has changed because Mecklinger is taken to the field and... <laughs> Now it's turned like, to be
1: owned by Yang Lee.
0: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm implying. Like I know that in all likelihood I'm getting my hopes up too high. Like Mecklinger's job is probably just to like set up the front lines, ensure that there's like an orderly supply line. You know stuff Mecklinger's good at. But oh, there's a part of me that desperately hopes that like Yang like notices it's Mecklinger in command. Is like oh, we could take advantage of this. Like we can like capture Mecklinger's supply line or something. <laughs> I don't know. It like takes a shot at Mecklinger. I just want to see it happen because we've heard about Renaissance Renaissance man, you know, Mecklinger, the poets, how he's like a great logistician, how he's good behind the scenes, how like his army's always like well-fed and orderly. But, you know, a guy like that more than anybody else, like I want to see how he holds up in an actual fight, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like when his back's up against the wall and Yang's coming for his ass, I want to see what Mecklinger does indeed and uh, and with that that concludes the third yeah, of the, the narrator uh, narrator talks about how <clears throat> these
1: flee actions are seem aggressive but Reinhard has a complete grasp of the military
0: situation and right. Yang Wenli has already accounted for that <laughs> Yes. Yes. So basically, the end. The end. You know. You know. You're you're good. You know. This show continues to do an amazing yeah. job of setting up like the conflicts that are going to happen in the near future. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, with all of that said, that I think uh, that's kind of gonna do it for uh, this podcast. Um, Arrow, do you have any kind of closing thoughts about this trio mm, of episodes? I
1: am. I enjoy that. I'm glad that I can enjoy these episodes that are straight, just like talking and setting up. Pure and, politics. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you, man. Like, I think, I think it, it's really telling that we can have as much enthusiasm in our voices about these three episodes as the episode where Lewis machego <laughs> tore a stone pillar out of alone with his bare hands right. and, and tossed it <laughs> this is of, of it's obviously
1: games. not a one-to-one compa- comparison no, no but, but i think but it's like, basically
0: like how good this show sorry go ahead Eero. <laughs> i just think
1: back to like when we were watching i'm like gundam Iron Blood orphans and how we would be yeah. endlessly annoyed that it would go four episodes of people sitting around talking right and like and it wasn't interesting
0: right whereas right. Yes. like this Yeah, spend four episodes sitting around talking. It's hella interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important thing to bring up. Like, I think think oftentimes when people hear the criticism of like, oh, not enough action, or oh, too much talking, or sometimes not enough talking, too much action, whatever. Like, I think what's actually being said there is, oh, we want more of the part of the show that's good. You know, like... Not right. to bring up, like, recent relevant anime that we're watching right now, but we lo- we talk about shows like, for example, uh, Demon Slayer. Like, when we say, oh, that show has too much talking, not enough action, I think what we're saying is not, oh, we don't like talking. It's that the talking in that show is bad.
1: Not so the we draw. Want more,
0: we want more of where that show excels. But a show like Legend of the Galactic Heroes, that somehow, this magnificent show manages to excel in both the talking and the action, like, when both are equally compelling, when both are equally nail-biting, like... I'm into it. In that case, it's impossible to complain about whatever this show decides to do, because, like, it's all, like, generally so well done. Yeah. And um, um, I think that's why, like, we can, gleeful, we can gleefully cheer for these episodes as yeah. much as the more like action packed. I'm ones. so happy we're
1: 75 episodes in and still like excited about the show. Yes,
0: yes, I, I, I am astounded. We are 75 episodes in and we are still getting moments like fucking like what, 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 what would even be called like Murai Gaiden... Like it's <laughs> a part of like is a part of the story we'll never get to see because like the sh- even the shows like even in 110 episodes we don't have enough time We're for like for, for Potrochev yeah. putting
1: down a mutiny.
0: Yes, it's like it's such a shame because like, I think I think that is actually the difference between like the Empire and the FPA episodes. Is like the FBA episodes at their core are always centered, almost always centered about Yang Lee and the people around him. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think the Empire episodes often benefit from the fact that Reinhardt can sometimes afford to kind of be a background character to allow the rest of the Empire to flesh themselves out. Whereas, like, I would love an episode just about Mirai, Patrick Shev, and Fisher. Because, like, frankly, Mirai is the only developed one of those three. And even then, Mirai is only developed in the sense that he had one conversation with Julian. Like, (laughs) I would love if there were more episodes of of the FPA that were like, you know... Like like the Julian episodes, right? Where it's like, like what's it's, Julian and Pop right up to this it's just week? Like the episode where they had to defend Isolde without Yang,
1: right? right?
0: Like I loved that episode. That was a I great would one. like I would love for more episodes that are just like, yeah. Like because here is the thing, right? Mariah Patrichev and, and and Fisher specifically. I mean, again, I think it's very telling. We always address them as a trio of characters. <laughs> like I think there is a specific relationship there that those three have, but we don't really know it because we never get to see it. But like I would love to like. In many in, in the ways that like Yang Lee Julian is like the is like the A is like the A dynamic of, yeah. of the FPA, and then like Shenkop Poplin Dusty. Julian Dusty etc is like the B like relationship dynamic of the FPA. I would love for a C relationship <laughs> dynamic of like, right, like but what, it's not really there. Of, yeah, of like what do Marai. Like, why do they get? Why do those three get along? What do they see in each other? But like, we know so little about them that, like, at some point, like, it's like, motherfucker, now you get why people want to write fan fiction. I want to, <laughs> like, 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 hey, if, if somebody out there has written like a good fanfic about about uh, about, <laughs> about the mutiny that Patrick Petrov put down while Fisher was like in bed with the cold please like if it's a good one please send that to us so like because i want to know what happened during that like mutiny like like patrick chad looks like a pretty husky dude like was he putting down the mutiny like through calm words or was he was putting down the mutiny with like his bare fucking fists like i need to know i i truly need to know like like does does mariah actually have like, and a again, maybe like Right, like is there an episode of Guy Dan we should watch? Like is Mariah secretly good at karate or something? Like I need to know. I I <laughs> truly need to know. Like please, somebody. Uh, and I think mine. on I think on that note, we have to call it a podcast now. So yeah. let's take care of the basic housekeeping. As always, you can listen to this podcast and read the rest of our posts at theglorioblog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Gloria Blog. You can listen to the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are stored and distributed. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast on YouTube. Um, You're just gonna have to Google the, you know, our YouTube account because we don't have a URL. But maybe one day, if you all give us enough reviews and subscriptions, yep. that could change.
1: Um, I do want to please. do a quick shout out to our commenters. We don't always reply to the comments, but we yes. do read them.
0: Yes, thank you for bringing that up Ero like we I always
1: feel bad cuz our we have lovely commenters who write fucking novels. Yes, and and
0: and we don't mean even mean that as an insult. We love them. We read every <laughs> word of them. Like, y'all, y'all want to fucking write your college thesis on Legend of the Galactic Heroes and put that in the comments? Fucking go for it. We will read it. We, we love it. We love them. We love them. We read all of them. We, we wish we could respond to each and every single one of them. But, like, frankly, we would be insulting ourselves with our, like, <laughs> shitty two-sentence replies to, like, your, like, master theses on Legend of the Galactic Heroes. But do understand, we always read them. Uh, you can watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes on High Dive and VRV. Indeed, Uh, please. You you know you can listen to our sister podcast, the Glorio Chat, where we talk about more recent anime. Uh, Look forward to our next one of those, where we're going to be talking about our first impressions of the new season. So, you know if if you watch more anime than just Legend of the Galactic Heroes, check that (laughs) out. Uh, Listen to our other sister uh, podcast, uh, King of the Kaiju, I believe. Yes, Glorio's King uh, of the Kaiju. Yes, our where our uh, Glorio or some of our uh, Glorio European correspondents talk about. uh, uh well, kaiju. If the name mm-hmm. wasn't self-evident, and uh, uh, rank their
1: power levels.
0: Yes, yes. I think a new episode of that is supposed to be coming out soon. But yeah. um, you know, they're kind of operating on their own schedule. So who could say? Uh, you could also listen to our other sister podcast, <laughs> um, uh, fucking Neon Genesis Glorio, where we talk about another legendary science fiction anime. And uh, I think I think. Man, that housekeeping gets longer and longer every it time. It sure does. But uh, I think that does it. So Don't worry, in a few <laughs> few more weeks we can stop talking about Neon Genesis 7 Glorio. Yeah, I guess that's true. We are we are closing on that, you know? But uh still got a few we got we got a few bangers left of that to get through. Indeed. But uh I think with all of that said, as always, thank you all for listening. Ero, thank you so much for accompanying me on this journey. Thank you. And until next time, we will see you all amongst the sea of stars.